Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. So, Jimmy. Yes. Have you ever heard of Damian Cox? Absolutely not, Pierce. I've I've never heard of Damian Cox. I've uh, absolutely never made fun of him for uh, having awful hockey takes, which, you know, I, I mean, it'd be crazy if he had those, you know, seeing as I've never done that about him. Uh, so, yeah, please uh, inform me about this man that I have never heard of or always seen on hockey Twitter. So, it's one thing to have bad hockey takes. It's just one, and it's another thing to have uh, bad takes about uh, the global plague. So, in Damien Cox's bio on Twitter, I don't follow him because, quite frankly, I don't need his negativity in my life because it just seems like whenever, like, I remember, I think it was the year the Caps won the Stanley Cup. Um, you remember Alex Ovechkin just like doing like uh snow angels in the water fountains with the cup yes and damien cox was one of those people where he's like um you know maybe we shouldn't be acting like that but you know be a little more professional maybe grow up you know something to that effect i don't i don't have it verbatim but yeah buzz mr buzz killington yeah buzz whatever it is um so in his, in his bio in his bio on Twitter, it says new book on NHL and the COVID age coming this fall. So he's a writer. He's an author. Uh, he used to be a journalist. So um, I just want to read this tweet to you that I sent to you that kind of infuriated me and pissed off a lot of people. So oh 
Ian McIntyre says, understandably, NHL wants Canucks to play full 56 games, but four in a row versus Ottawa April 22nd to April 28th are probably irrelevant. Schedule could be shortened plus altered, so Canucks play playoff-bound teams that week. Damien Cox quote tweeted it with, the question then becomes, are you handicapping those playoff-bound teams by forcing them to play against a Vancouver team that's more rested than it otherwise should be? This is a complex problem. So, I just want to get your instant thoughts on that tweet. What do you think about it? Uh, man, April 28th is not when the season ends, correct? No, I believe it would be like May 10th or something like that. I, I know okay. the playoffs start on May 12th. Right, so... We're talking about COVID here. We're talking about a virus that has killed uh, millions of people. And you could play two games maybe in that stretch. Maybe. Well, how many games does Vancouver have knocked out at the moment? Um, I don't know how many games they played, but I'm assuming it's probably like high 30s or low 40s. Well, how many, so... Sorry, how many... Uh... Do, you, do we know how many they've had taken out because of uh, oh, their... Oh, so right now they're playing... They have 37 games played. I don't know the exact amount of games, but they still got another 19 games to go in just a little over a month. Right. So uh, it's two teams that are very much out of the playoff race. Um, here's my question. Do you value the intensity of a hockey game, hockey games, two or three... Or do you value players having COVID that would very much torture them or put them uh, Or I mean, this can affect you for the rest of your life. Do you really need to have two or three regular season games played? Do you need that? Oh, do you need your entertainment over these players? I mean, lives. Not that they would die, but, you know, they're the wellness of their lives is what I'm trying to say. Well, Jimmy, I'm going to play Uncontrarian, just like my good pal Damian Cox here, and I think that uh, games are more important because it doesn't matter that these players are bedridden and need IV or any of that, and that they're not only are they being affected, but their families are being affected, their friends are being affected, their whole team is being affected, and uh, this might affect them for the rest of their lives. No, I think we need those two to three games. So to answer your question, that's my answer. Ah, uh, that's very fair. Thank you, Damian Cox. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and people forget, uh, and forget one of the most obvious things. Uh, this spreads. You you play that game. Who knows in the Ottawa Senators who gets that? The, the entire point of this, of the quarantine, of everything they're doing, is to keep this to a minimum. And yet we still have people who, you know, I'm I, I won't listen to anybody who says it's fake. I'm just you know, that, that's just block that out, you know. But there are people like Damian Cox who know it's real. It's almost worse. They know it's real, but they don't give a shit. That's somehow even worse to me. And it's just frustrating that a man with this platform, with that, I mean, I know he has a decent following, can have, can be saying, like, not that, and how do I say this? You know, you, it's free speech, sure, but you're free to say shit that I think is incredibly stupid, incredibly harmful. And it's just unfortunate that this person with this much of a following is the one saying shit like this. I don't know, man. It's just, it's harmful. It's disgusting. It's disrespectful. It's disregarding, I mean, it's disregarding these people as humans. And as happens a lot in sports, uh, treating them more as uh, robots and, you know, just a means to entertainment and nothing more than that. So here's what I took away from this. 
Um, David Cox said that Vancouver would be more rested. And I look at a team like the Dallas Stars that uh, missed, like, the first bit of the the season. I can't remember how many games it was. And yeah. look at look at their team right now. They have a ton of injuries. They're fighting for their lives for a playoff spot. Um, I don't think uh, this gives them any rest at all. Because I have not had COVID yet. And this whole pandemic has made me fucking exhausted. I can't even think about the people that actually have COVID and what they're going through. So I don't know why. These people have COVID. I don't think they're uh, exactly resting and doing too well. They're more trying to stay alive. Literally. So Literally trying to stay alive. So I don't think Vancouver is getting rest from this uh from this outbreak. Why do we have to make this about the about hockey? Why can't we make this about the players? These players have lives. Actually. The humans. Yes. And yeah. I believe it was Adam Goddett's wife, Michaela, I believe that's what her name is, said on Twitter that he that he is basically bedridden and he's exhausted and all that. So COVID, there's some bigger things that are, there's things that are bigger than sports and COVID is. And the fact that we have to make this about hockey and not the actual human beings of it, the players, um, it's kind of disappointing. Damian Cox, it, again, like I said, it's one thing to have a bad take about hockey. It's another bad thing to have a take about the uh, global plague known as the uh, COVID, as COVID. Um, yeah, it's when, when. What we're talking about when on-ice things happen, when there are bad plays, when a player isn't playing well, simple things like that. We talk about the players because the game, the plays they make pertain to the player. Simple, right? And when a virus comes into play, a virus that threatens lives and the well, the well-being of these people's lives in a very intense way, um, that's when you you talk about it as to what it's pertaining to. This is pertaining to their lives as human beings. So let's not fucking talk about them on the ice and what they can be doing on the ice. Let's talk about, you know, let's maybe, you know, take a moment out of the day to at least just feel some empathy for them and, uh, you know, forget about the sport, forget about the thing that they do to entertain us every, you know, night in, night out. They go on the ice for every day and yes, they enjoy it. But man, if you don't think that these players don't go through, you know, a lot of mental pain and stress playing the sport that they don't, that the pressure that is laying on them doesn't, hurt them in times then i'm sorry you i'm not trying to be the you know i'm not trying to be the person who says you know you haven't been there you haven't played but i you really just don't understand that you don't okay, understand Jimmy, but like, they make a happen. million they make millions of dollars yes Should they be happy you're right you're right you're right yes sorry the millions of dollars just yeah they mask the pain always yeah absolutely right money, so if money you... cures all money cures all yeah, exactly. Money money is happiness. So if you don't uh, care about what we say, our friend Eddie Lack put it pretty well. So replying to Damian Cox this week, he said, uh, rested, can you tell... Can, uh, okay, so this is what Eddie Lack said. Rested, can tell you haven't had COVID yet. I'm in a great shape, <laughs> and I was so tired for about a month after, then mixing guys not skating for two to four weeks. Which Damian Cox quote tweeted with, you don't know how many players actually have COVID. <laughs> sorry, but I can't. We literally do. We literally do. Don't we literally know how many have COVID? I'm pretty sure, yes. But you don't know how many are actually sick with serious symptoms. You don't know when they're going to be asked to return to play. You don't know how many practice days they will have before they are asked to play a game. This is a sociopathic view. Oh my fucking god. Pardon me. 
And then Eddie Lack quoted with, neither do you. I get you get paid for stupid takes, but this one makes surprise. <laughs> what we do know is part of the team is sick enough to get IV treatment. That should be enough not to write that tweet, which I 100% agree with. Eddie Lack is such a gem. I love him. He's the best. I love Eddie Lack. <laughs> Thank you for that. Eddie he also Lack. owned another bozo. Um, so he posted a picture of uh, him winning gold with Sweden at the World Championships. And this guy named uh, at Mile High Carl as a bench warmer who only played one game behind the King and Fast. And here's what Eddie Lack said. Had a shutout. One of the best moments of my career representing my country and winning gold. But be a hater if that makes you feel good. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, Eddie. Love. Owning the bozos. Owning yeah. those freaks. <laughs> so... I don't want to go into things of, like, what if, like, should the Canucks cancel the season? All we can do right now is just hope that they're okay. That's all yeah. you can do. Let's not, You put like, that be, aside for a minute. You know? Yeah. Just put everything aside. Like, you know, while the Canucks play again, is it even worth it for them? Like, just for the time being, let's just hope they're okay. Yeah. We, you know, I'm, come on. This really shouldn't be something we're, like, splitting hairs over, you know? This shouldn't be so so hard to figure out. Players' lives are, I mean, they're always at risk with COVID, and their well-being is at risk. They are, you know, like you said, they're they're having IV treatments. They're clearly in an awful place. They're probably suffering. Clearly, some of them are. Maybe we can just let that. We can just hope for the best with them and put the sport aside for a minute. Can we all just do that? This isn't that important in the long run. It really isn't. It really think, isn't. That's not that's not fear mongering. This is what it is. You can say that people are fear mongering. You can say that people are being dramatic. This is something that should instill fear in you. This is something that is dramatically bad. So it's going to be talked about in such a manner, in such an intense manner. Because that's exactly what it is. So yeah. Um I think we've said our piece and I think we've said it right. I I know there are many people who agree with this and uh, hopefully anybody out there who uh, disagrees like please please take a minute to just think about this it's really not the, the sport really is not a few games it's not more important than these people's lives man to further to further like nail this point home i want you to think about travis hamannick who plays for that team opted out of the bubble last year because i believe his daughter has a respiratory disease and that's what covid mainly affects it affects your lungs and all yeah. that and, you know, I'm no doctor. I do work at a hospital, but there's a reason why I clean rooms and I'm not actually a doctor. So, but, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you have, any, do you have anything else to add here? Everybody on Twitter that watched that one conspiracy theorist from that one channel that has 1,000 subscribers, they're doctors. No, you dude, know, you're right. You know, did you know that actually, uh, did you know that actually, uh, that qualifies for a PhD? You know, the, you know, the doctors, uh, the, the people who went to school for eight years because that's their passion. They don't oh, know anything. That's, that's yeah. a relative. No, yeah, yeah exactly. they went there. Uh, they went there just to, they, they, I remember, you know, I talked to one of my friends who was uh, becoming a doctor and I said, you know, how does it feel? You know, uh, you know, how does it feel, you know, going this far and uh, finally becoming a doctor. And he said, man, you know, Jimmy, I am ugh, so nice to finally be a doctor. I can't wait till 2020 when I can lie to people about COVID. God, I'm so happy to fulfill my dream. It's like that meme goes to school for 10 years for science, makes like like a case for something, and then there's just this one person that says no. That's basically what it is. <laughs> yeah. Here, here are my scientific facts about why this is Here's true. What I've, Random I've done, guy on Twitter. 
no. Yeah, here's <laughs> something I've done research on for over 10 years now. I have uh, evidence to prove this, that, and the other, and then there's just one guy that says, no, 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 it doesn't. You know, I was I was reading up on, you know, what it means to be a historian, and the basic minimum, or the bare minimum, sorry, the bare minimum uh, when it comes to being a historian and proving your theories is there are primary sources and secondary sources. Primary sources are where you, you know, you get something like, uh, you know, like, for example, I was watching Khan Academy. People use Khan Academy. If you're a kid like me who's not in college yet, it really refreshes you. Here's my hashtag, uh, you know, humble ad. Um, hashtag but, plug. Hashtag plug, yeah. But um, the, the example they gave was Abraham Lincoln's speech. You know, there's something directly from the man himself. There's a way you can prove to, you know, to the strongest extent possible what he, how he felt at the time. You can find a secondary source of someone who interpreted it, you know, someone who talked about what they saw Abraham Lincoln as, you know, you know, like you know, someone who lived around him and what they thought of him and whatnot. Uh, and it really hit me that these people who are who these uh, these armchair doctors, these Twitter doctors, it's not even a secondary source. It's just. Oh well, I I I think that I know this one thing, and by my my guess, you know, this probably shouldn't be happening. Or you know, there's this one guy on YouTube who said this or that, who you know is uh he he's you know he hears about this and that, but you know he's not a doctor. He's you know he's like a nurse in a fucking hospital or something of the sort. And even then, like you don't know if this is this is real. There are crazy conspiracy theorists out there. This is stuff that people do to get people riled up, but. When people want to be different and people don't want to change themselves and adhere to rules, even if it means other people's lives. People, humans are inherently self-centered and we're seeing in in flocks how awful it can be when people give in to that. It's been, not to get, not to get political or anything, but uh, people suck. You yeah. brought up Abraham Lincoln. This is kind of off topic, but there is this guy who was... Old enough to remember, I can't remember if it was the Gettysburg speech or him getting shot at Ford Theater, but he was alive, like, lived long enough, I think he was 95, to go on television sometime in the 1950s to say that he was the last, like, living person to see Abraham Lincoln assassinated, so I'm pretty sure it was at Ford Theater, but it's an interesting clip. I know, that's it's crazy, but I think that... Hold on, pause, 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 pause. You're gonna check that out now. No, no. That means that he could see Big Chungus, too. You know, I saw this thing. It's like the the, the original <laughs> Big Chungus episode came out in, like, 1940. So, theoretically, Adolf Hitler could have seen Big Chungus. <laughs> Adolf Hitler could have seen Big Chungus. Not even just Adolf Hitler. Maybe Joseph Stalin. Maybe, like, Winston Churchill or FDR. Anyone, <laughs> one of those guys. What do you think inspired them? Yeah. <laughs> inspired them to rise to power. Such a powerful image. Maybe that's why Hitler invaded uh, Russia. He just felt so much confidence after watching that. But uh, maybe uh, Joseph Stalin also watched that. It's like just like two forces collide, and you can never beat the Russians. The enemy all along. Yeah. Disgusting. Anyway, well, you know, really <laughs> I want a picture of Abraham Lincoln. You know, like those black and white quote picture memes. You know, it's like a quote next to uh, something completely different. I just yeah. want Abraham Lincoln's face. I want. I just want like shut the fuck up, Damian Cox. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. You know what, Damien Cox? I want to do Damien Cox. I just want to go up to the go up to him and just fucking shake him like this, and just be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you like this? Like, just stop now." That's what I want to Why do. Are Why, Why are you? Why are you this way? Exactly. 
down. I can stop it just at why are you? Yeah, why are you? Leave it there. Jesus, what a guy. What a guy. He's he's certainly a guy. And it's like him him and Steve Simmons are like contrarians it's like they always try to outduel duel each other for the most contrarian take aka stupid take devil's advocate or whatever and it's just like they always try to outdo each other and i find it kind of hilarious but also like sad at the same time it's like why do you do this i can understand again it's one thing to be like devil's advocate in hockey it's another thing to be devil advocates over humans lives over something like this so um anyways in theory um uh, yeah, fuck Damian Cracks and Steve Simmons. And sorry, Matt, like, didn't we talk about last podcast? Maybe we were talking about the phone. I forget what it was, but Matt uh, Austin Matthews is. Oh yes, when uh, when he went off on Steve Simmons because he dec- disclosed that he had COVID nineteen. Well, I think it was. Uh, what was it? He said he's like, I'm glad that I won't have to hear another. Oh no, 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 it was Brian Burke when he was uh when he was leaving. His oh yeah, Toronto's yeah. GM. It's like, and he well, says, Steve, I'm, I I hope I never have to hear another question for you. That's my Brian Burke. No, I think it was. I think he said, um, it was even better. I think he's like, what's on your mind or this or that? And he said, uh, I'm I'm glad that I'll never have to hear another question from you again. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, and now oh, it's in. Now he's in Pittsburgh with uh, GM Jim Rutherford. Oh, sorry, Ron Hextile. But at what point? And this is what I really, what really hits me with Steve Simmons. What always comes to my mind whenever I hear his name, especially I mean when he's saying something like this, or not Steve Simmons now, but you know he's always got something dumb to say at some point. At what point is it just too much? Like at what uh, point, like? You have to be a sociopath. He has to be a sociopath. Like, at I, what point do you just go, hey, uh, it kind of sucks to be this oh, person. Wait. I have to get my shit I found together. The, I found the clip of him. Hang on. Do you want to hear it? Oh, God. Play. Play. <clears throat> oh, go ahead. Olympic team. That's not. That's the best part about today, Steve, is that I probably don't ever have to talk to you again. So you can ask <laughs> my God. <laughs> Savage. I love that. I love that. <laughs> uh, I do not agree at all with Brian Burke's hockey opinions. Well, well most of the time, but love that. Here's the thing about Brian Burke. He is like a big advocate for gay rights, and I respect the hell of that. You know, you yeah, can agree. I don't, I don't need to give, like, I do not need to care about your hockey takes, man. It, that, at the end of the day, that's just, again, it's just the game, man. I'll, I'll, be in, I'll be intense about, like, you know, my opinions, but at the end of the day, man. It's not, I, you know, like that's not my opinion of him as a person. I fucking love that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's, it's like what the pandemic has shown us. Yes, we can disagree over stupid shit like sports, like uh, food tastes, but when it comes to race or skin color or your gender, or your sexual orientation, that's just something that you argue person. over. Yeah, just be a good yeah. person, man. I feel like we say that a lot, but I feel like no one ever gets that. A lot of people don't get that message. Just be a nice person, man. If there's something I want to say in the podcast, if there there was one thing that I accidentally repeated in the podcast, it would would be this. Yeah, don't be an asshole. It it, it costs nothing. Unless, again, unless you have to go to therapy for it, which it might cost a lot because uh, America. Um, So, uh, unfortunately, we're starting off with a bit of uh, some negative news, but this should be uh, a bit of the last. Um... Pierce, we saw the quote from Kirby Doc yesterday. Yeah. Uh, do you have that? Do you want me to pull it up? Um, I remember it almost verbatim, but uh, I remember just, yeah, just say, I don't the exact have quote. Yeah, was uh, 
Yeah, I've got pain in my wrist, but uh, when you're out there, you're expected to be out there 100%. That is not what I want to hear as a Blackhawks fan or no. a hockey fan whatsoever, young or old player, but especially when you have a guy, I think even more so because you you worry, is this going to affect what this guy has in the future? Is this going to affect what he can be long term? A wrist injury isn't anything to play around with. No, You know, Austin Matthews. Sure, he's got a little lingering wrist pain, but for one, he's Austin Matthews. And two, he did not go flat off and, uh, oh, man, um, break his wrist. It's a little bit different. A little bit different. I feel like I brought this up a couple of times, but uh, just to, to like drive home how gross that injury was, is when he uh, heard his wrist snap, he thought that was his stick breaking. Just, uh, <laughs> just let that, uh, just let that uh, settle in, you know. But uh, yeah. we we brought we we literally talked about okay this is not COVID but it's injury it has to it has it not only affects you now but it's gonna affect you for the rest of your life if you do not take it seriously. Um, Kirby Deck like he is the the brightest up and coming star in this organization and one of um, the most in the entire league. Yeah, definitely. Easily. Yeah, and like. Yes, it, you want to play. Yes, you are 20 years old, but that's the thing. You're 20 years old. You got probably 10, 15 years ahead of you, you know? Yeah, a guy like it Doc sucks. probably on the edge of 15. That guy can go for a while if he really, you know, chooses to, if he really uh, goes to his or reaches Hell, his potential. Even yeah. 20. Like, if he, if he stays Never healthy, but that's the key. Yes, you. it sucks Stay that you to play this year, but... You know, if you do, if you don't play this year, like, but like, you're also thinking long term game. Like, how am I going to be able to help my the Chicago Blackhawks win another Stanley Cup if my wrist is never fully healed? Like, I'm you should be taking in life, man. You yeah, know? exactly. And it's not just that. Like, being able to like, if if you have a family and kids, like, yeah. it goes back to the Brent Seabrook thing where that's the first thing I thought it was, about. It was, yeah. it was hard. It was hard for him to even move, and like he can barely do things with his kids. So, like, you always got to think about yes, hockey. You like you've worked your whole life both towards this, but again, there's bigger things than hockey. Like Kirby Doc is lucky that it's just a wrist injury, but at the same time, if you let it linger, you don't do anything about it. Um, it could be something more uh, serious long term, and I, I just don't like. It's one thing to like pay th- play through. P- pain in the playoffs like Patrice Bergeron with a punctured lung but like I don't want to see this say this season is lost for the Blackhawks but like really what's the probability they'd even do anything with it like win around or any of that I doubt it and here's my opinion who cares it really does not matter if they do I don't care if they're third in the division it does not matter this is a year for development and what they've had and we keep saying this we keep using this term it's found money it's house money yeah. How's funny, yeah. Whatever it's doing is, yeah, I it, get it. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, and was, again, this is exactly what we said. There's absolutely no reason to rush him. There's no reason reason whatsoever to rush him. Wait, did you just say there's no be- reason to be Russian? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, Something no. like I, a true American. I just... Yeah, a true no, capitalist. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's you know me. I just hate Nikita Zadorov. He fuels it. Absolutely. I don't. I don't like Philip Kurashev. You know the uh, Russian, Russian player. Got a Russian, got a Russian name. Twist, yeah. Russian parents, yeah. 
I believe he was born in Russia, actually. Or not born in there, obviously, but I think he was from... Oh, man, man, okay. I think, he I think his in... parents are from Russia, and he was born in Switzerland. God damn you, Switzerland, for being so neutral. For everything. I know, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's, afraid, he's just afraid of uh, committing to Russia. He's, yeah. he's a soft pinko. He had to get away from there. He wasn't, he wasn't built that way. He wasn't built Ford tough. Uh, you think that he gets an e- that uh, the Blackhawks have easy contract negotiations with him because he's Swiss and he always stays neutral? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you are gonna be here forever on one million contracts. Oh, I love it. I love it. Seven years old, million for Philip Kershaw. That's crazy. All we have to do is uh, get Roman Yossi now. Mm-hmm. And Kevin. Maybe that's why his contract is so good. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we trade for Kevin Fiala and we get him for like eight years oh. at one dollars. Maybe, um, but yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I don't know, man. I don't know about this whole Kirby Doc thing, man. I, I understand. Okay, there's there's two ways I look at this, but the second one takes over the first one. The first thing I th- think is, well, medical doctors let them play. They're medical doctors. We talked about it. They have years and years and years of experience. I'm not going to discount that. However, however, but how many times, and I don't think this is a doctor's fault, doctors is, doctors, 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 I do not think this is their fault whatsoever because we have seen teams interfere, we've heard of it, forcing players back into the lineup. It does not seem to, it doesn't go in line with how Stan Bowman and everybody have talked about this year and how they focus on it specifically as a development year and they don't want to rush things they aren't looking for rentals they're making sure that they know that this is not a year where they're going to go for the cup so it doesn't go in line with that why are you rushing him who is rushing him i don't get this i don't understand this maybe it's so maybe Kirby it's doc talks about it it does not sound like he's rushing himself and that's why i'm a bit nervous i think the way he said it was what worried me the most when he says yeah definitely. if they have me out there I need to be out there 100% is if he's doing it for them and not for himself. And so, yeah, maybe he said it, you know, maybe he said it uh, different than he wanted to. Who knows? But that worries me. It worries me a lot. Well, I guess we'll find out. Am I right? <laughs> Never slept. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I guess we will. But Where's my beer? Like you said, like these doctors have probably decades of experience. And uh, I just I'll take I'll take I'll take their judgment against mine. But when I hear that kind of stuff, it's just uh, raises an eyebrow a bit, eh? But um, yeah. but again, all you can hope is he's okay. That's really yeah. all you can do. Yeah, I, yeah. Don't uh, I just don't think it's the doctor's fault, man. If it's any, I, I don't think it's ever a doctor's fault. I don't think a doctor would ever tell someone to go back in no. when they can't. I really think it comes down. It to definitely has to do with the team. team. Yeah, and uh. Well, we kind of touched on it a little bit here. Uh, it's now or never for the Blackhawks. It's now if or never. they want, it's not like this is a do or die for the franchise. But if they want to make a run at the playoffs to eventually get like uh, curb stomped by Tampa Bay or Carolina or Florida, or whoever, <laughs> um, they got to win now. 
because you got two games against Dallas, you got two games against Detroit, which honestly, all four of them are very much winnable games. You look at their uh, record against Dallas, I think it's a positive record. You look at their record against Detroit, I believe it's also a positive record, where they have been getting killed is, like, I think, I forget who tweeted it, I think it was Mark Lazarus, but, uh, like, the two teams that are killing them are Tampa Bay and Nashville. Like, Tampa Bay, that's understandable, but Nashville, oh man, like, it just seems like they... Five and oh, or oh and five. 0 and five. Yeah, I think they're oh three and two against them, but yes, five losses are. nonetheless. They don't have a single win. Oh, uh, yeah, that's how I look at it. It's just you lost five times, you lost against this team five times, two points, great, but you lost against them, and that's got to kill you and your confidence as a team. And they're, they're the team you're directly in competition with for that fourth and final playoff spot because Florida, Tampa Bay, and Carolina are one, two, and three right now. They're all making the playoffs. Uh, the order we don't know, but there are three of them are in the playoffs. That fourth spot is completely open. I look at Columbus. They're 14, 18, and eight. They're not making the playoffs now. Like, they're too, in too much disarray. Detroit is definitely not making it, but for that final fourth spot, it between, it's to me, it's between Dallas, Chicago, and Nashville. And if Chicago can kind of separate themselves from, from uh, Dallas with these next two games, they can put themselves in a more favorable spot, potentially, to get into uh, that fourth spot. Here's my question. Yes. Do you think they do it? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. Me either. Me either. Um, uh, well, touching on Columbus, I, I just want to put this out there. Uh, Jack Roslovic was scratched the other night, wasn't he? Yeah. Correct. Is that a guy you think the Hawks should go after? Because I absolutely think they should. Absolutely. They should be looking at guys like Max Domi, Jack Ross, hell, even Patrick Line, if like the price is not too high. Because realistically, is, is Patrick Line going to stay there? Sorry? Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. Oh, um, no worries. They're, they're going to give up both pieces they yeah. got for Pierre Luc Dubois. I remember saying, you know what? I think this may be a great trade for Columbus. They got two players, one who can be a perennial 40 goal scorer, and the other one who can be a great. Middle six center. Um, Which he yeah, showed for like forward. the first bit, but it sounds like he's not doing too well on account of he's getting scratched. And not played. But that also much. might just be John Tortorella. Like, I don't have the stats in front. Yeah, listen, I have praised John Tortorella to death in the last year. Um, apparently, he, it is, uh, he has started to um, enter the end of his uh, cycle that he seems to go through with every team. Lasted a bit longer in Columbus, but um, yeah, it might be. Yeah. Might be getting to that now. Listen, fans are fans, you know it. And what they say isn't gospel, but I I think Columbus fans are pretty knowledgeable of the game. The ones who do have an opinion and do care, you know, you got to be a diehard fan to be a Columbus fan. I'm just gonna put it that way. Uh, there's not a single bandwagon in Columbus for sure. Um, and yeah, I uh, I have not seen a single one that likes John Tortorella right now. Not a single one. So if I'm the Hawks, if I'm any team looking to get some prospects, man, that's the, that's one of the first places I'm looking to. It's Columbus, it's Calgary, and uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, that's another one. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to rattle all of them off, but those are before three. they were winning. It was definitely Nashville was definitely the carcass to pick off of. But the thing is, there wasn't much to pick off because of the damn contracts. He's yeah. eight years, seven years for Colton Sissons, who what? Uh, Scored a beautiful uh, shorthanded, shorthanded penalty shot. Uh, boy, we don't talk about that, though. Yeah. So I just want to bring up Jack Rossovic's line stats. So Jack Rossovic has 22 points in 32 games. And if you prorate that for an 82-game season, that's 56 freaking points. Now, Who Jack Rossovic. Sheesh. 
That's a second liner, right? That's a second line center right there. I don't care what you say. 56 points is a second line center. And Patrick Line only has seven goals, 17 assists for 14 points in 30 games. That is only doing the math over 82 games. That is only 38 points and only 19 goals. So it's clear that it's not working out there. Uh, I saw this thing. It's like they're trying to make Patrick Line uh, defensively responsible. But here's the thing. When you have a star player that's as good as he good, you let him do work on what he's good at. I believe it was Guy Boucher with Steven Stamkos. It's like, your shot is what makes you special. Work on your shot more than anything else. Work on your strengths. And that's the that's thing with Patrick Schleiner. That's told him to do? Yes. Uh, they're good. That's a great man. Why don't we... This And he had him back in the early... The, like, right, right as it was drafted. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. How is a guy that intelligent? How is he a coach back then? That doesn't seem right. That seems too progressive. That seems yeah, it seems way too progressive. Too it's like, progressive it, for the it, NHL. It really is, and Patrick Liney is this level of well, I mean, well, I'd say Patrick Kane is uh much more defensively responsible, or at least much better at causing turnovers. That's than, a low that's a low bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd say he's very good at causing neutrals on turnovers from what I've seen, but when he doesn't have a puck, yeah. he's a nightmare. When he has the puck, he's one of the best in the league. He gives nightmares, yeah. Uh, Patrick Laine is probably even worse. Um, and that's the kind of player he is. Imagine Patrick Kane being on a team, and the first thing they want to do to him is they say, all right, work in your defensive game. You can't make your Lamborghini a Honda Civic. No. You can't. <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's so... It's so frustrating, and I'll I say it every podcast because it's it's the team I watch. It's the first one that comes to mind. Players like that, put them in Jeremy Colton's system and watch them eat just destroy worlds. It's it happens. Think about Kirby Dak and Patrick Laine on the ice. That would be unstoppable. Just both Beautiful. six foot four bodies, both one playmaker, one sniper. Possible get the puck off of with their big frames. I would love that. Jeremy Colton, a guy who was known for being a communicator, who was known for how well he is with the young players. Patrick Lanny is not an older player. What, what is he? Is, I think he turns 23 in like a couple weeks. Yeah, like this is a guy who still has so much time in the world to be what he is or what he can be to get back to what he was before and probably be even better than that. Like this guy scored 40 goals. Four, I think he scored 45 goals once. Like, it's not nothing. He scored 40 plus. I think it was 44, 45. Yeah. He's, yeah. He, he had seasons that weren't anything to show. Yeah, he at. scored, he scored sure. his first season 36 goals in 73 games. Second season, 44 goals in 82 games. Wow, uh, third season has kind of dropped off, but uh, as his last season, 2019, 2020, he was almost point per game 63 points in 68 games, 28 goals. If you play out for 82 game season, he might get close to 35 goals. But this year, he only has nine goals in 31 games, and that's just not good enough for someone of that caliber. Nine goals in 31 games over 82 games is equal to only 24. Here, I have a question. Yes. Potential answer. <laughs> uh, is 36 goals in your rookie season good? I think it. I think it's all right. Is I mean, 44 seasons in your sophomore year avoiding a sophomore slump also good? Yes, I think that's pretty good. Like, I think he was. Uh, he was like in the top five. You want to? You want to know? Uh, Scott, forty-four goals that year. I'm pretty sure. William Carlson. I think Eric Stahl got forty-two goals like uh, a couple seasons before that. After. But William? yeah, William. I think it was the year after. I think 
Who Eric Stahl or William Carlson? Uh, I'm gonna check my hashtag sources. Hashtag, I'm gonna check my sources on that. Hashtag and stutter. But I think Eric Stahl. Oh, by the way, uh, last night you see that uh, beautiful overtime winner. Oh yes, I did see that. I I wanted to bring that up later. That's that's a perfect oh, transition. Well, now that we're on the topic of Eric Stahl. Yeah, um, let's get into that. But yeah, Patrick Line, um, come to the Blackhawks. We have your jersey ready. Yeah. Number, uh, I believe Madison Bowie has number 29, but you know what? I bet you could probably convince him to give him number 29. I don't know if we should take that. Away Which, by the way, did you see that? Pretty, Vinny did you see that Vinny Hinnestroza, which we didn't really elaborate on much. It was kind of more just us like reacting to the trade. I we wanna... Breaking news. He's wearing number 28. Yeah, he's wearing 28. He wanted to wear, guess who was the last player to wear number 28 on the Blackhawks? Shut up. <laughs> thank you for that answer um but he wanted 48 but uh Kalanuk had it because that was his uh number the first time around he wanted uh 29 because i believe that was his uh daughter's birthday uh, february 9th but unfortunately bowie had that like that, that would have been nice that we're done 29 but 28 that's a uh, good for his i guess and i think uh 13 was his notre dame number if i'm not mistaken and matinas yeah mark that's the first thing I thought was, oh, just give him 13. But no, Matias uh, Janmark, that bomb had to come in here and wrote it for him. Yeah. I'm sure it's Sandball. Justin Bowie's played like one game, I'm pretty sure, and he's he's ruined everyone's jersey number. First for Henry Stroza, and now for Patrick Line. Wow. Is oh, that a locker factor? Mm, actually, Pierce, what if Stan Bowman told uh, Vinny Henestroza, uh, you know, uh, I know you want 29, but... Uh, Oh, there's this Patrick Laney fellow over in Columbus. We're looking Patrick, at uh, Patrick Lundin. Patrick Lundin, yes. <laughs> Patrick Lundin. That would be him if he was Swedish. Yeah, Patrick Laney. Patrick Lundin. <laughs> I'm going to make that my name in Eastville now. Patrick, Patrick Lundin. Not uh, Oliver La- Larson Tarson or whatever. <laughs> Oliver Larson. Kevin Piesca and Robert Lalonga or whatever Piesca. it was. Oh my god. And I think he called Nikolai Habi Bulin, Blackhawks legend, uh, Nikolai Cabby Bulin or something like that. I, I, I would expect Caboose or some shit like that. No, he's not. That's another thing like Pierre, Pierre McGuire. Look up I was own. just going to say Don Cherry and Pierre Maguire quotes. I just got to say, man, we need a segment on the show to just play one quote every time. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, unbelievable boy, Tukorski. I had uh, a Tuscan guy back in the day. I saw him play. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was Tuscan. Tus- Tuscan Raiders. I in the deserts. They, they, they see the, the, the Jedi and they, they shoot him. Good grit. I love those. Then Tuscan Raiders. Good character. Good working. They remind me of a good, hardworking American. That's why I like them. Appalled Knight. Working hard. Love them. Gotta love them. Uh, you gotta love them. The good, good, hardworking kids. Good, hardworking kids. What the hell okay. were, you, were you originally bringing up? Yeah, I, I, I think that I kind of I got lost a brain cell or two, quite honestly. Same. Uh, speaking of you know, uh, a lack, of, oh, oh, actually, uh, I, I have probably a uh, very good transition. If you'll appreciate okay. it. Okay, this is what I want to talk. So, William Carlson had forty-three goals in eighty-two games in 2017-18. That's what it was. Jesus. Well, uh, well, I mean, I mentioned, uh, you know, a lack of brain cells. 
Let's talk about Jordan Bennington and the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All that freak. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I say freak. I mean freak. Uh, Jordan Bennington, man. Uh, we have not talked about him as much as there is a lot to talk about with St. Louis. Um, very much like St. Louis. Uh, yeah, uh, let's get into this. Uh, two wins, ten losses, and one Jordan Bennington temper tantrum. Uh, and I think quote, they signed him long-term, too. I think it's like six times five or something like that. They got him locked long-term. Yes, they, yes, they do. <laughs> my, uh, my my good uh, goaltending friend, VJ Mueller, on uh, Twitter, um, I, I have to say I, I stole that quote from him uh, about their uh, record lately, but it, it perfectly encapsulates, this, encapsulates uh, their entire run here. It's been disastrous, absolutely disastrous. And like you said, they have this guy locked up long term. Uh, I'm going to pull up Bennington stats if you want to um, get a bit into this. Fill the air. So I have some uh, stats for the St. Louis Blues regarding like their advanced stats. So they sure. have a 48.21 uh, Corsi 4 percentage. They have a 47. Or sorry, that's the Buffalo Sabres. They, they have a 47.69 expected goals for. Their high danger chances for percentage is 45.84. They are not a good team. Oh, oh my god! Just uh, just for reference, the team right below them, the Buffalo Sabres, has a 49.23 high danger chances for percentage, and a expected goals for a 47.14. So like pretty close to what Buffalo's is, and Corsi four. They're only four. St. Louis is forty-eight point two one, and Buffalo is forty-seven point nine one. Like they are on par with the Buffalo Sabers in terms of like shot share stats and all that. Good lord! Do I know a team that's doing well though? And that we're going to talk about them later. Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche. Their shot share numbers are in low sixties and all that stuff. It's kind of ridiculous. Oh my god! Yeah, the fact that there's any team. Anywhere near the Buffalo Sabres is blows my mind, and it couldn't be a better team. It couldn't be a better team. Are the St. Louis Blues of this generation's Carolina Hurricanes, 2006 Carolina Hurricanes? You know what? Yeah. That's you get fantastic comparison. Wow, that's really good. One year is... wonder from Jordan. Yeah, I was just going to bring that, except Cam Ward actually won the Conn Smythe and played for the Blackhawks. Does that mean Jordan Bington's going to sign with the Blackhawks? Hold your your horses. Did Cam Ward win the NHL All-Stars shootout competition? You're You're right, dude. You're right. Did Cam Ward have insanely problematic tweets from years ago? That he hasn't apologized for? Yeah, did Cam Ward uh, punch three different Sharks players because he was mad that he got pulled for being uh, a bad player? I don't think so. But don't, Paul don't for being a bad Pierce, player. Don't forget, Pierce, that that's just him showing his uh, personality. Yeah, and not and yeah, you know his personality, and you know it's not. Could like you that. imagine if someone from Europe did that, or even worse, if their skin color was different? No, if they were from oh my god, Russia, or someone of color. Could I imagine if like Vasilevsky had, even did that. Imagine if no, I, I, and this is a very simple thing to go to. Imagine if PK Subban did it because he seems to be yeah. the punch. Good lord. Oh, he's emotional. He's a clown. He's this, he's that. That'd be a clown thing to do, but we know that he would get that rep. And Jordan Bennington, from a lot of people, uh, weird that they're uh, usually old and white. I'm sure it has nothing to do with it. You know it. who really likes uh, Jordan Bennington? To love it. 
Hmm. NHL.com, I think in their 2011 redraft, they had him in like the top 10. Like in the top five. Like it's ridiculous how much. You know what? He's like the Drew Doughty of goaltending. Hot temper. Short temper, I should say. And overrated. Even though an NHL.com just continues to give him uh, first place Norris votes. Oh yeah, and by the way, Jordan Bennington has signed a six times six contract. His contract is up in 2027. You know, it makes me so happy because Crawford signed that same contract after he won the cup. Except and he was actually good and not a problem. And look how well that went. And, uh, man, oh, man. It is beautiful. And listen, nah, I don't like to root against players. Jordan Bennington, I will root against that man all day. And I will root against the St. Louis Blues all day. I don't know, man. That's... uh. That's pretty tough. And, uh, you know what? One thing I did see that was like, oh, that's cool. That's St. Louis one. I think it was, um, you know who Dave Portnoy is, right? Of course you do. But, I do. Sa- yeah, that's the thing, sadly. But, uh, oh, but he, he, he does charity for small businesses. Okay, so that equals uh, they can do sexism <laughs> and all that stuff. I so got it. No. That's, a, that's a whole other can of worms. We've been negative, but I saw this uh, clip. I think it was him in St. Louis for, like, Game 3 or Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Final when it was Boston and St. Louis. And one St. Louis hit, fan hit him in the head, and he got mad with, like, a towel, and he got mad. I would have to look up the clip, but. Sorry? Jordan Bennington? No, no. Someone did that to Dave Portnoy because he's a Bruins fan. Oh, that was that was so good. Oh, that was one of the juiciest, juiciest pieces of content from Barstool ever. Better than and also just good. watching Brad Marchand cry. I'm like, oh, you know what? That's cool. That's this one, but like, you know, I'm like, good for Alex Petrangelo. Good for Ryan O'Reilly. Good for Jay Bomeister. Good for really much the whole team except Jordan Bennington, man. It's just like, why you didn't have to be him? Why couldn't have been Jake <laughs> Allen that had that run? You know. I know, yeah, I like Jake Allen. I actually like Jake Allen. He's a pretty good goalie. Like he's he's a decent backup. Like yeah, he seems like a decent guy all around. It's from Fredericton, New Brunswick. Hey, you know I like those kids around the East Coast, and yeah. Oh, you know where he's from? Keep watching a little too many Pierre Maguire clips. Yeah, I, I know it's a, a little too much, but uh, you want to get you want to get to the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche? You kind of I briefly teased them oh. how all their shot share numbers are like high fifties, and even like I think there's a couple that are like sixty. Who? I believe I said are the Colorado. I believe like a month oh, ago, I said, are the Colorado Avalanche are like a little bit overrated. Here's the thing: I never checked their advanced stats, and since then, I believe they're like thirteen zero and two, and they're best in the league. And so, uh, I don't think we have to worry about them. And you know, obviously, uh, I think all Avalanche fans should be thanking me that I said that because they you know just, who, uh, goal under thirteen. Who? What? Take a guess. Would it be Brandon Sod? It may just be. Maybe. It might why, just... Why would we ever bring up Brandon Saad, though? Like, I don't know. Do you, do you, did you like him? When he was no. 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 No reason. No reason whatsoever. Or we, uh, the, the fact that we traded him for Nikita Zadorov. Man, I'm, I'm warming up to that trade more and more each day. It still hurts, man. It still it stings. It's not yeah. the. I've brought this up so many times. It's not the problem you traded Brandon Saad. It's not the problem that you acquired Nikita Zadorov. The problem is it, it was just those two. Like those are the two main pieces. Yes, exactly. Well, Zadorov should, should have been like the like kind of like the smaller piece, and like your bigger piece should have been like Shane Bowers or Connor Timmins or any one of their good prospects sure. that they somehow managed to keep. First rounder, any first round, or even uh, even a second rounder, man. Like in that draft, I'd take it. Oh yeah. Mm. Well, uh, anyways, uh, well, uh, to get away from my 
I mean, she's my weekly, uh, double weekly Brandon Stott. Uh, um, what's what I'm looking for? Just uh, self pitying. Um, uh, yeah, the Colorado Avalanche are uh, they're they're uh, they're okay at hockey. Um, was it thirteen zero and two, fifteen zero and two? I want to pull up this tweet from uh, Emily Kaplan, our good friend of the show. Like, there's a couple of tweets of how good um, uh, Colorado's been, but uh, I think she put it uh, quite well on how well they've been doing. So let me find the tweet, trying to fill the air, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so this is Emily from our good friend of the show, Emily Kaplan. Colorado Avalanche, three fire emojis since March 10th. 13-0-2, 28 points first in the NHL. 39 goal, plus 39 goal differential first. 14.8 shot differential first. 4.47 goals per game first, 1.87 goals allowed per game first, 68.15 expected goals for at even strength first, 23 points for McKinnon first, 22 points for Landeskog second. I think the stat that blows me the most is 68.15 expected goals for it. They are literally that is over two thirds, two thirds. That is ridiculous. And just completely ignoring the fact 4.47 goals per game, 1.87. Like that's that's ridiculous. Like, the fact that M- McKinnon and Landeskog are first and second in points since March 10th is not even the most mind-boggling stat. That's ridiculous, man. They're so good. If it isn't Colorado and Tampa in the final, what the hell happened with this game? Uh, if it's not Colorado and Tampa in the final, it continues to be hockey. Yeah, true. Um, Philip Grubauer. Not going to worry about the goals against average. Nine two six save percentage, twenty four wins. He's probably going to be at least a Vezina finalist. I think Vasilevsky gets it because you know he just... might be a Vezina finalist this year, and I'm actually really happy about it. You, you know what? You know what? Good for him. Like he's the only reason why Nashville is doing good. Really, like stars, man. I said I'll say it again. Short King, the Short Kings look good. I appreciate that. And he totally goalied us, what was that game on Saturday, where he made like 41 oh. saves or something like that. Oh, he stole that game. I mean, the Hawks look a bit sloppy, but they it was one... Nashville takes one less shot. It's a 2-1 ratio. I mean, he was incredible that game. So, I mean, good on him. He he makes He's made this rivalry very interesting in the last few games. It's, it's, it's fun to see. I've said, like, you know what? The one team, the only team that I'll ever purely root against... Completely is St. Louis. It's always St. I don't Louis. Like, I don't like St. Louis, except... Uh, you know what? I'll cheer for the Nashville Predators, the the Minnesota Wild. Not like St. Louis. I fucking hate their guts. Uh, not like St. Louis. Uh, not a fan. Not a fan. You know, I, I like the rivalries, man. I love the rivalries. Nashville yeah. fans and Hawks fans, we fucking hate each other, man. It's great. That's what a rivalry should be. Yep. Yeah. You know and uh, someone who I feel might get outside consideration if he keeps playing as many games as he is, uh, Chris Drieger. Oh, Chris yeah, dude. Drieger. 31 save percentage because like, I have the like all the save percentages pulled up because yeah, we all know that's the only stat that matters for goaltending. Um, it's the main one they'll look at. We know this. Yeah. That's what like that's basically what I think it's GMs that vote for the award. Like last year, they're like, okay, we're not going to look at goals against average. We're going to look at uh, save percentage. Look at Connor, but a hellebuck. We should uh, make him the best. No, they were right in that aspect, but like, I think they were trying to be cool and be like, all right, yeah, we voted by save percentages here. And hey, not close we to like right. advanced stats. We like yeah. save percentage. <laughs> yeah. We, we didn't look at wins and uh, goals against averages here. We actually looked at the stats that matter. Save percentage. Yeah, they move from goals against average to save percentage and call it progressive. It's like that uh, that Prince, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Well, he's got the spirit. <laughs> Do you want to know who has a 921 save percentage? Uh... 
921. Yeah, just take a guess. I, I, go. I, I see literally nobody with 921. Well, I'm on his page right now. It says 921. Linus Allmark. I was going to, yeah, he is somehow still doing it. Kevin Lincoln down to a 918. I, that's, that's, still, that's still pretty damn good. You know what's it, a 918? No, I always say it. it's it's really good. It's really good or pretty damn good. It's solid. It's very solid. And it's that much better when you realize the team he's playing for. Yeah, and the fact he's even on that page at all. Exactly. Mike Smith is a 919. And Kevin Lankton, man. Just good on them. <laughs> good on them for doing what they're doing. And uh, as I'm scrolling through here, uh, Mike Smith, man. Um, uh, he's here. legitimately that, good. That haircut isn't. I mean, I mean, it gets the job done, Jimmy. He's, he has a 919 save percentage. All right. He's a goalie, so you know he's not going to cut that hair because it's the hair that's making it happen, as we all know. Why is Casey DeSmith a 922? And why because, has he played 15 because, games? Because Pittsburgh is voodoo wizardry and bullshit. And uh, apparently uh, Tristan Jari is like at like a 950 now, I think, or something like that. Like He's really r- risen up after that terrible start. Dan Vladar... Just had a good start. I don't know. I'm just it's kind of neat to. Dan Vladar is not real. That's just Boston is like is a team that we don't like give enough. Like they're kind of like Pittsburgh, where they just pull players out of nowhere, and that is a player they pull out of nowhere. Oh, it's just kind of it's neat to see how good goaltending is still is even with like, I think we're seeing a, a oh man, I could be wrong, and this is just kind of a theory. I mean, it's a a theory that can be statistically proven, but. Just um, off the top of my head, it does feel like we're seeing, of course, uh, an insane rise in skill in the last few years. Thank you, Patrick Kane. Thank you, Sidney Crosby. And thank you, Connor McDavid. Um, but I feel that the the increase in goals, I feel that that almost comes from an increase in shots. Because we're still seeing goaltenders with insane, insane save percentages. I, I think that we're, we're seeing more shots, and yet these goalies are still having insane save percentages because they're again they're stopping a lot. They're still stopping plenty of these shots. That's why both both the offensive stats and the uh, goaltending stats can both look good. I mean that's just my guess because some of these man some of these stats are disgusting. <laughs> so well, you I'm know gonna... what you know what I say to your well thought out uh, st- statistical evidence name. Uh, name. Okay, gotcha. Got got it. All right. Got it. Okay. Good. Great. Thank you, Armchair GM. Oh no problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a uh, good friend, good friend of uh, not on the pod yet, but a uh, Twitter friend of mine, Eamon Smith, had a very good point. Uh, the Metropolitan Division is going to have disgusting goaltending in the next few years. Oh, every team has disgusting good goaltending. goaltending. But the Metropolitan specifically, Shesterkin, Hart, Blackwood. Um, oh my God, why am I forgetting him? Shesterkin, Hart, Blackwood. Elias Sorokin. Like, come on, man. And I'm pretty come sure we're missing some names. What's up? I'm pretty sure we're missing a couple names, too. Oh, for sure we are. For sure we are. That's just, that just shows you how much there is. And yeah, Washington's going to have Ilya Samsonov. Yeah, and they have uh, Vitek Vanacek, who is also pretty good as well, He's, from what I've seen. Yeah, I've liked him so far. Is Carolina in there, too? Yeah, Nadelkovic. Nadelkovic! <laughs> <laughs> Is and they have 
Uh, I mean, like, okay, they're not on that level, but, like, they still have Corpusella and Merzlikens. Corpusella and Merzlikens are not anything to scoff at either. No. And both are very young for goaltenders. None of them, none of the goalies in that division are, like, below average or, like, not or even average. average. Like, all of them are at least above average, I'd say. Jesus, man. <laughs> it's incredible. And the one team we're forgetting, Pittsburgh, uh, they, it doesn't really matter because they can just pull a Casey to Smith and make him have, like, a 920 save percentage. Tristan Jari is gonna have a nine fifty next year just because he can because you know yeah and he also Carroll, and he's also former Edmonton Oil King and won the Memorial uh, Cup and that's why you know the Super Soldier Serum and the MCU and Marvel yeah found it as what sir Pittsburgh oh yeah they totally Pittsburgh have they were the one who manufactured it yeah absolutely they did ah oh, man and oh man. Just when you think they're like out of it, they just they. When you think you cut off their arm, they grow three back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deadpool, look at Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Regenerating ability. Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. Of course, that's my reference. But whatever. Ah, <laughs> just, like, just quickly move away from that. Um. So Taylor Hall and Kyle Palmieri sitting tonight. Two guys who have been rumored uh very often. Uh. Both very good goal scorers, although Taylor Tall only has two goals in, like, almost 40 games, something like that. Very fat, very fat, uh, blaring asterisk. Um, two goals on the Buffalo Sabres. Um, yeah, that's that's very much true. Like, it, your stats don't matter on the Buffalo Sabres. No, Literally anything before that. Is unless good. you're putting up, like, 100 points, it really does not matter. Unless you're good, you, you should not note them whatsoever. Um, So, you know, we... Of course, last podcast we specifically had uh, mock draft trades, uh, or sorry, mock draft trades. <laughs> <laughs> the words are flying around my head. Uh, we had um, just mock trades for the deadline, you know. Uh, Hypotheticals. And sucks, yeah. Hypotheticals. Uh, so, who do you think Hall ends up with, though? Like, uh, is your mind changed whatsoever? Um, who do you think he'll end up with? Who, to me, two or three teams are kind of on your mind? I hope Edmonton. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Well, you know what piss everyone off that's not Toronto? What's up? You know who would, a team that would piss everyone off that's not Toronto? Oh, man. Who? Pittsburgh. Oh, dear. <laughs> Don't forget to <laughs> it, it makes too much sense. It, it totally no, does. No, 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 no. <laughs> Why did you manifest that? You, you know what's happening. You know what's happening. Fuck right off. Oh, man. <laughs> and then Taylor... Taylor also... No, no, no. He's going to have a Con Smythe run, yeah. and it's going to go to Crosby again. And then Penguins fans are going to go, three Con Smythes. Gonna... He'll, like, he'll have, like, 20 goals in, like, 20 games and, like, 30 points, and it's, like, Crosby has, like, Points and it's like 19 points and it's like oh buddy but leadership in two-way play no that my god oh my god if Did i hear one deserve more, any of his consmice both of them no he no. does not as he great as probably is no. no and it's it's fine that he doesn't it's like it doesn't make him any less of a player i'm so sorry because he's won basically everything <laughs> else if you win. award if you give out an award to a player for fucking leadership. <laughs> hey, that's what we have the Mark Messier Leadership Award for. Oh my god! Like, I, it just sounds so ridiculous as I say it. Like, oh man, 
13 goals and 10 assists for him. But Crosby, I know he has five. So 2016, Phil Kessel should have won that year, totally. What were his stats? Am I pulling that up? 2017, I don't know about that month, but I remember 2016, everyone was like, Kessel should have won it, and I totally agree with that, because he had so many timely goals, and I'm pretty sure he had more points, or at least the same amount of points, and definitely more goals than Crosby did. And also, that would have been just a big fuck you to uh, Steve Simmons. Not only did he win the cup, he also got the Conn Smythe right after he got traded. Literally Ryan O'Reilly mode. Yeah, or Ryan O'Reilly go Phil Kessel mode. Hmm. A player that would have done the same had they won would be PK Subban. Imagine Nashville won in 2017 and he got like not only the cup but also the Conn Smythe to add to his Norris and all that and his Olympic gold medal. Just as a big fuck you to Montreal media. I wish that would have happened, but uh, no. Uh, Colton Sissons gets uh, gets his uh, goal taken away. Blowing. Oh, don't, don't, oh my god! I know. It's ironic to me or for me because Colton Sissons is a guy that I just really like. And I had to watch him get his goal taken away. And then that leads to Pittsburgh winning the cup off of a goal by a former Predator. I can't even imagine. It was the last pick in that draft, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Yeah, last, maybe the only, is it the only good last pick of the draft player? I don't know. I feel like Erickson is sort of good, kind of. I mean, he played a lot of games, so obviously he must be good. True, very true. (laughs) Um... Uh, he, he was drafted in a round that no longer exists. I'm pretty sure Eric Brewer, Eric Brewer, 1,000 game player, player of 1,000 games. Do you remember Colin Sisson's hat trick against Anaheim before they went to the Cup final? Oh, oh, I do. That was, <laughs> oh my God, it was against the Ducks, right? Yeah, it was against the Ducks. That was, oh my God, that. Was... And then Corey Perry was like crying on the bench. Oh man. Oh, it just God, those tears taste so good, man. God, like I, I know they, they, uh, the, the Predators swept us that year, but I was totally cheering from like every round. Okay, 2017, I'm not bothered by Crosby winning. Eight goals, 19 assists, 27 points. 2015, yeah. six goals, 13 assists. Kessel should have won that. Bill Kessel, eight or 10 goals and 12 assists, 22 points. And he, and it was a big, I don't remember him scoring in garbage time at all. No, all of his goals were huge. Yeah. He but, uh, I guess he doesn't have enough leadership, so. No, he's, no. he's, a, he's a gross American. He's not yeah. a good Canadian kid for a month. Nova Scotia. Fucking shoot me, man. <laughs> <laughs> he deserved that clear cut, clear cut for him. But what are the, I think it's the media members that voted on What are the odds that there's like a bunch of Toronto members the and they're like, no, we can't let this happen. The media! Yeah, they... They couldn't let that happen. Wow, that is sure interesting. Wow, I'm sure that had no influence whatsoever. Man, that isn't that just isn't that just kind of BS when you think about it? That those are the people voting on these awards. Yes and no. Like, not yes and yeah. Right. Most most right. most media members are unbiased, but like, there's a few in there that always ruin it. It's always the bad apple. Media members that I've heard say, "Oh yeah, I didn't know much about this player. I had to look up his statistics." <laughs> That oh my god me. That, speaking like, that's, of that, that doesn't scare me like i mean the awards aren't the end-all be-all but like for any validity of them that worries me like some of these yeah. guys don't know the players man that brings me to this topic do you did you see that thing where um they compare i forget what the context of it but it was on the last athletic article and they compared they said that sean couturier is not a uh good first liner he's an okay second liner almost like a modern day ron francis <laughs> <laughs> So here's the thing about 
So here's the thing about Ron Francis. Um, yes, he was the second line center on the the Pittsburgh Penguins team that won back to back Stanley Cups. But uh, you also look at who was the first line center. It was uh, Mario Lemieux, and uh, you also ah. look at the all time points uh, leaders. He is number five on the list. So. Not nothing. It's almost like Evgeny Malkin today. Like, uh, he's probably the best player if Sidney Crosby isn't there, but Sidney Crosby is there, so he's uh, he's second fiddle. But uh, that doesn't mean he's not a, a good player, not a first-line center. Oh, man. It just... Yes. That was an NHL executive who said that. Like, that. that's a little, uh, little concerning. That's uh, how they evaluate their talent. And that's how a little they bit. Yeah. Well, Pierce, I just have to say that... Um, I'm very glad that uh, the NHL, as we've uh, hoped for, is moving forward. The uh, talent evaluation is not as uh, old-timey. And uh, um, how do I say this? Just uh, fucking stupid, um, as it used to be. Um, I'm, I, I'm sure that uh, Sean Couturier, uh, the Selkie finalist last year, is very much I'm pretty up. sure he won. Did he win? Yeah, he did. But he's a second liner. How could he do that? Yeah, oh, you're right, man. That means they should take it away from him. These, should, these people shouldn't be allowed to vote on anything. These people shouldn't be allowed to do their jobs. I swear to God. They should like, not be able to do anything, ever. And who are these people again? Is it NHL, NHL executives? NHL executives. Fire and them like, right scouts now. And, like, Fire them right now. Fire they work in the right front now. office. In the Buffalo. Like, they fit the system. No. No. Oh. I don't even have anything to say about that. I just... <laughs> There, there really isn't much to say about it. Like, what do you say? About it? It's ridiculous. It's, it's wrong. It's just not wrong. It's or right. It's, Sorry. All right. Yeah. It's definitely not wrong, Jimmy. Look at that Sean Couturier guy. He needs to beef up. Sure, his defensive skill doesn't make up for any lack of size, and sure, a lack of size doesn't mean anything in today's league. No, it's not league. like he's uh, six four and like two hundred and ten pounds. No, none of that. Yeah. He's skinny, so therefore he's bad. You know. Good lord, I. I have nothing to say about that. I'm just like, it just really just shuts down my brain when I hear it. I like to think that I surround myself with like-minded people like you, but then I look at some of the NHL media members and uh, some of the people that we're working with in the NHL, and I lose a lot of faith in humanity. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you, as uh, as are a lot of people. Speaking of uh, surrounding yourself with like-minded people, do you want to get to the Twitter questions and uh, end the sucker? You, Mr. Segway. All right, let's do that. Let's us do that. Do you want to read them or do you want me to? Um, or, do you want to or better yet, do you want to take turns reading them? Yo, like Friends do? Bro, Let's like see. the show Friends? The, now that's the best show of all yeah. time. I should totally quote it all the time and wear shirts about them. Yeah, let's not ever do that. Oh, another another good show, Jimmy? The Office, man. We should we should quote that all the time. And uh, oh, I should put that... You know what I should do? I should put that in my Tinder bio and just put, you know, if you don't like The Office, then uh, it, it wasn't meant to be. If you don't like the office, and I don't like you. Need the gym to my pan. Yeah. Be my but PB. The office, but the office is actually a good show. So it's a, Here's the thing. The office is a pretty damn good show, but it just gets ruined by the fandom. Oh, yeah. It's like the it's like Brick and Morty if it was actually good. Yes! That, yes! That totally is. Yeah. I, I used to like watch Brick and Morty. I'm like, this is all right. And I saw a bunch of people walking around wearing the shirts. And, and then doing like... And doing like TikTok calls. Like, like, oh God! Don't even don't take me back to that. <laughs> I I enough. I don't need to go again. Good Lord. But uh, anyways, uh, getting to things that I like to talk about. 
Um, from our good pals uh, that let us left us uh, five Twitter questions, it looks like. Yes, yes, yes. Well, um, one was my friend asking him again Fortnite. Um, bro, Fortnite. Too busy. Now speak. Now speaking oh. of uh, uh, products with a good fan base. Oh shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, the game's fun though. Fortnite's become fun to just go on and just fuck around with your friends. Dude, I honestly have not played it in like three years. I have like played it like a handful of times, and it's literally only me just going on. I bought the Mandalorian skin, and I literally just walked around with my brother and did the Doja to Cat dance. Bro, what about the the John Wick skin? Wait, you mean they made a movie after him? Bro, they made a whole movie after the Fortnite character. Uh, the, the dude. Wow, wow. Yeah, now he's uh, yeah. Apparently his name is John Wick or whatever. But yeah, um, played so, by none other than a uh, Canadian wholesome man, Keanu Reeves. Yo, they made a guy who looks like him too. Like, how the, how the hell? It's pretty insane. Good job, Epic Games. Pretty epic. Um, pretty, pretty. They they're definitely living up to their name. Am I right? Mm, no, see, it was funnier when I said it, and that wasn't funny at all, anyways. Wow. So uh, wow. Wow. All right. So I was. I must have been not really funny at all. Eh? We have to accept that we're not funny. I mean, we're just no. We're, we're not. I. I. My whole. I've got my whole life just accepting the fact that I'm not a funny person. Yeah. You and, then I'm wor- and then I'm worth nothing, and that's why I do this podcast. All right, man. Well, that's gonna get cut out, but not. Um... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Twitter hey, question. Guess is therapy, right? Yeah, we're not using this to self-project. Um, first question comes from a uh, good friend, Quentin. Uh, guy. <laughs> good friend, Quentin. This feels so Quentin. Quentin. Most as bad as James. Who do you think is the most underrated prospect in our system? I know my answer. Pierce, what is yours? Boy, Kaiser. Oh, oh, that's a great answer. That wasn't mine, but most underrated, yes. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think that's even an opinion. I think that's just an objective fact. Yeah. I mean, um, number one defenseman at Duluth in his first I don't know year. If we, I don't know if we brought it up, but, like, you look at his points, it's nothing, it's nothing like, like, special. But then you look at the fact that he's playing number one minutes for them in his first year. Um and he's he played like well. I think he I think he played an hour worth of minutes in that uh, five overtime game against North Dakota, and he I think he only allowed like a few shot attempts in that whole game or something like that. About one, he one. allowed one exactly. Scoring. That's <laughs> one scoring chance in an entire game's worth. That is not that's that's not normal. No, and that's but one game. That, yeah, but he's been solid the, throughout the entire year. But we mean that in the best kind of way. Um, and yeah. I believe we've talked about this before, but if there's one prospect in the Blackhawks system that's going to be close to Duncan Keith, or could potentially like even become close to it, because that's quite a quite a high bar to uh, go to a two-time Olympic gold medalist, a two-time Norris winner, three Stanley Cup time, Stanley Cup winner, and a Conn Smythe winner. It's a little tough, but um, if there's one player that's going to get no close to that, it's White Kaiser, just because of like his his body build, just like he's a two-way monster. Like he's, I don't think he's going to get as a lot of points, but like just someone you can put on the ice forever and ever anyone get tired and think that's what defines Duncan Keith honestly just like durability Kaiser could easily be a second pairing second pairing guy like a number three and you know what I'm just saying with him sky's the limit he could be a number one defenseman hey, you might even say the Kai's the limit no I don't I don't consider myself funny anyways um oh, this is funny. from but I, you funny sometimes Oh. Really? Yeah. 
Oh, dude, you, you feel better. You can make a little chuckle now and then. Aw, you know what? I, I take pride in that. Um, this is for my good pal, uh, Canadian Jacob, Canadian Jesus 99. He's my uh, Sheet League friend. He asks, why are both of you so damn handsome? And to the answer that part, it's because of genetics. My parents are great. And when you're not a racist asshole, you uh, grow up, you know, you don't uh, get gray hair easily. Your hairline doesn't recede. So if you're not that and your parents are that and then it passes on, that's why. That's uh, not good. Well, Baby. My hairline's receding, so I'm not sure really how to transition into my situation. But, Doesn't uh, mean you're. Ah, uh, yes. This means I'm ugly. No, I'm. Uh, well, how you're ugly I... and you're proud. Exactly. You just gotta accept who you are. No, yeah. um, how am I so damn handsome? I wouldn't say I necessarily completely agree with that, but uh, I don't know. I grew up myself, I guess. Good job. Anyways, yeah. so second part. What do you think the Hawks do at the trade deadline? Yeah, what well, I think Hawks do with the deadline, um, I still think they're going to trade Yanmark to the Islanders. I really do. I am. I've, we, we were texting. Are you manifesting uh, Nathan Bolvillier? Oh, sorry, Anthony Bolvillier to the New York Islanders. Fuck you. Um, I do think the <laughs> Chicago Blackhawk by April twelfth. Yes, I. I just he just seems like a Stan Bowman player. Does he not? Does he not? Fast skill, a little bit of bite to his game. That's very very Stan Bowman. If I'm not mistaken, he was taken like one pick before the Blackhawks pick in 2015. It, w- it went to Arizona anyways for the Vermetri, but had they had they held on to that pick, they probably could have a- gone Fillier, I think. I but again, that just, sh- that just shows how good that 2015 draft was because he was in that draft as well. Oh, well, hey. Yeah, I... I, well, I speak, it, speak it into existence, King. Like, I hope when we do that uh, live stream podcast on Monday, uh, when, when uh, me and our good pal Schmitty are joining, that uh, that becomes a reality. We manifest it. It will. I'm calling it. He, he, and he fits so... He is exactly the type of player Colton would want. He's exactly it. He's got speed. He's got an offensive flair to his game. And he can... He, I mean, from what I know, he's got a little bit of, like, you know, a little bit of energy to his game. I mean... He's I, like he, Brandon Hagel plus in a way, kind of. Yeah, like he's exactly. And that's saying something because Brendan Hagel is pretty damn good. Yeah, and and this is nothing to Barry Trotz. I just don't think he fits Barry Trotz's system. I just don't oh. think he does. I think he perfectly fits in Jeremy Collins' system. So I don't know, man. Like that's that's exactly the kind of player I want if I'm the Hawks. He's not. Uh, his stock has been is low, and yes, he's picked up a bit lately, but he's still underperforming greatly. Don't mind me thinking about Anthony Beauvillier, Jonathan Taves, and Dominic Kubelik on one line. Don't uh, mind me at all. Yeah. Kirby Doc, Anthony Beauvillier. That's that's pretty yummy. Yeah, he only has 14 points, 8 goals, and 6 assists. Doesn't and say how many games. He, but... He's been good lately. Look at his game logs. He's had to pick it up lately to get to that. He, he's not. His numbers oh, are he's only... Like, he's like half a point per game, but like you... Like, this is a guy that scored, like, first season, nine goals. Yeah, whatever, first season. But then 21 goals, 18 goals, 18 goals, but only eight this year. These are on Islanders teams. And I'm not saying they're bad, but they weren't that good at first. And now you have a guy who, whose priority is not offense. Uh, I can definitely say that. Or, uh... But here's the thing, though. Like, is he really slumming that back? Because I did the math, and he's on pace for 22 goals over an 82-game season. He's so much more than him. Or than that, that's what that's why I love about him. You could easily get thirty goals off a guy like Nathan Mobilier in a full year on the in Jeremy Collins system. So I don't know, man. I think that I think that it's not just so you can get someone solid, but you can get so much more out of him long term. 
Question, do you think we trade one of our defensemen like Dahan or Murphy? No, but I pray to God we do. Not Murphy, Dahan. I need Calvin Dahan. Oh, that sucks. He's he just has not been good. I don't want to shit all over him because yeah. who knows what's going on, but I just, I, I'm just i just going to say he's not good. I just don't want In that. In the most polite play. Canadian no. way. Yeah, I just don't want that, that play happening on the ice. I'd love it if he could turn it around, but if this is what it's going to be. He I was great to... last year. He was good in the bubble. It's just this year. He was so good. Oh. I don't know what happened. Like, it's it's night and day. It's night and day. It. I mean, you've got to imagine there's something going on because it. he's been solid all up till now, and it doesn't even look like his body's giving up. It just looks like it's more of a mental thing, quite honestly. Yeah, that one brain farts out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Next question uh, from my very good friend, uh, Ben Belzik, a uh, friend of the podcast now. Bro, um, bro you know, I was, I'm going to say another thing funny. I thought it was Ben Balsack. Is that funny? Did you laugh? The amount of time that, that, <laughs> has been made, that joke was made in our locker room, Jake. <sighs> Pierce, I'm so glad that you are original in your humor. I really dude, am. <laughs> dude, thank you. I appreciate it. You're very just, welcome. Just as uh, Emily Kaplan said, I'm a hashtag authentic to myself. Yes, you are. Now that the goaltending position seems to be fortified by Kevin Lankinen, what type of player do you think the Blackhawks should target at the draft? I want to see what you think first, Mr. Pierce Stevens. Well, well, regarding that, um, I think if they somehow jump into the top three, that you have to look at a defenseman, whether that's Owen Power, Luke Hughes, or uh, Edvinson, one of those guys. But uh, I don't think this draft is overwhelmingly good at all, like especially compared to last year's. And you're looking at the next two drafts with like Shane Wright and Connor Bedard. It's kind of just like just like this one-off year, but not even 2017. We knew. Nah. It was- Patrick, this is why the most this is like closer to 2012 than oh, yeah, definitely, especially with all the good defensemen in it. But, um, if they're at the top end, look at a defenseman. But if like all the defensemen are taken, look at someone like Kent Johnson or Matty Beniers, um, get another high skilled forward in there. But, uh, if they're like picking in the teens or whatever, um, I don't know any names in particular, but uh. Look at uh, look at some forwards. I would say just I kind of add like another Lucas Reichel because uh, there's a lot of players that aren't playing in uh, the C. Well, like I think the, like the CHL has started up, but uh, there's only been a few games played. But uh, look at look at someone in Europe. I would have to do more research on that. But if they can pick like a European who has been playing a lot of games, maybe in Sweden or something, um, I would definitely look at uh, drafting that. Kind of like Lucas Reichel. I would say that's what they should try to target. Love that. Yeah, this draft is definitely going to be very. Um... We all know it's going to be very, very interesting uh, with how little some players have uh, been able to play. And uh, it, well, more than anything, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And personally, I think this is where someone like Mark Kelly is going to thrive. And here, uh, sorry, just sorry to interrupt you, but there, here's the thing. Like, a lot of uh, teams want draft picks for next year because there's going to be more games. You know what? I think the Blackhawks should try to take advantage of it. Teams might be more willing to move their first-round picks this year because it's not, like, because they haven't seen as many games. So take advantage of that. Go scouting Europe. Go scout as many games as you can in Canada and the U.S. and, like, use that as to, to your advantage. Like, if you get Matias Yamark for a first-round pick this year, even though it's not next year, you know, where you might get as much games, like use that to your advantage. Go scout, get out, get out there and scout. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Why, why not? not? Yeah. Yeah. I don't see why not, man. Especially, you know, well, obviously Buffalo, they're not giving up their first round pick. Maybe their second. Uh, no, wait, no, I'm, I'm ridiculous now. Of course they're not. Unless you're uh, giving them a prospect. I don't know where my, why my mind went there. 
Well, it went there because you think about it, a team like that with less scouts, would that be a perfect opportunity to take a pick from? They don't know what they're doing with it. Um, but I, I'm sure Buffalo is the only team that doesn't have scouts. Am I right? They have like six scouts or something like that. It's ridiculous. One scout per round. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, One even. scout per continent, basically. Basically. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. I think you take advantage of that. I mean, like I, we were saying, uh, you know, Yanmark, you get a guy like Bavilia, maybe you get a, a first as well if you take on Komarov's contract for the rest of the year. You know, like, there you go. You know, that's, you get a good player, you get a roster player with a lot of potential, and you get a first-round pick that could be a solid player in this draft who could, there's going to be a lot of sleepers in this draft, man. There's going to be a lot of sleepers in this draft. And, you know, that's, in this draft, in a weird way, when you have scouts as good as the Blackhawks do, you stockpile. You get what you can. I think you absolutely do that. Just take as many shirts at the, uh, shirts, Jesus, Darts it at the board as you can. That's what, I was, that's what I was trying to say. Throw as many darts as you can at the board. And I'm like, shirts? And I'm like, oh. So, I mean, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, I get it. Uh, that's funny. That's good one. That, that was funny. Um, that's funny. First joke of the podcast. Let's go. Yeah, first good joke of the podcast. All right. So Last question, yeah. This is from Wally. Um, should... Should the Blackhawks sign uh, Max Shalanov? Also, who are you guys' top five prospects? So, first part, um, why the hell not? Just just sign him to a one year contract. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like it's so low risk that like if it doesn't work out, just cut him loose. Because I think he can only sign like a one year contract anyways. I mm. actually no, I think he can sign multiple. But if I'm the Blackhawks, because he's I think he's 28 now. But if you're the Blackhawks, sign him to a one year contract. Give him like um, I don't know a couple I'm million sorry. something like that. Sorry any reason at all why you wouldn't like why not do it like you why just, you, not you've had him for this long he's he seems like a decent enough player he did play with like the rockford ice hogs very briefly in like 2013 or 14 he did he did yeah he's been an interesting case i think we drafted him in like 2011 2011 yeah he's 28 now i think he's a 90 in the 2011 redraft can't wait but, oh, uh, I mean, really, like, what risk is there? Just, like, sign him to a one-year contract? If it doesn't work, then whatever. You you tried. Whatever. Exactly. exactly. Such high, a very high reward and literally no risk at all. So, um, second part, top five prospects. I actually have another question from a friend, uh, Julia, at Julia Art House on Twitter. I want to get to that after this one, though. So. Is it regarding whether you or not you'll play Fortnite with your friend? No, it is not regarding whether or not I want to play Fortnite with my friend. All right, what question would that be? <laughs> um, she asks, what do you think was the biggest loss for the Blackhawks in the trades they made um, in the last few years? And I want to add to, my, uh, add to that question myself. Who do you think is the biggest pickup they've had in the offseason? So her part first, Pierce, what do you think would be their biggest loss aside from Panarin? Oh, um, man. Table Terror Vine yeah. comes to mind. Well, like, like the last few years, like forget Terry Ryan, forget Panarin, you know, we're talking mm-hmm. like uh, back to 2017, because honestly, oh, wait, no, it's an obvious answer. What would that be? I just want to hear it because I'm, I'm like, because the, the trades that come to mind for me, obviously Panarin, but you can do whatever, with, like mm-hmm. you can, Henry. 
But one thing, another thing, like their worst value-wise trade was Philip Deneau and a second-round pick to oh. Montreal for like a little bit of Fleischman and Dale Weiss. And not only did you give up Philip Deneau, who was like a Selkie-caliber center, but you also gave up a pick that was Alex Romanoff. Not saying they would have necessarily picked him, but you probably could have gotten, gotten a good uh, caliber prospect with that pick, considering no. how bad they were. They no. were Philip Deneau. It's the Philip Deneau. And I was going to say Henry Okiharu. No, it's Philip Deneau. Uh, yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, it's a horrible trade, but also it's Buffalo. So, like, Buffalo also fucked themselves over in that trade (laughs) to, like, make it even because they're Buffalo. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. Because they they haven't developed them properly. Exactly. I bet. Oh, man. He's going to go to a team and he's going to wreck worlds. I'm I'm calling it. He's going somewhere else. He's going to go to, like, Pittsburgh or something and then, like, be their their next John Marino. Absolutely, (laughs) Pittsburgh, man. He's going to replace the team. You know this. No, definitely. You gotta know this. But is he is he better than John Marino though? You know what? He could be another another guy they just found out of thin air. Do you want to know who John Marino was drafted by? Edmonton. Yeah. Yep. Uh, John Marino doing well lately. Um, he was incredible last year. I I would assume he's doing well this year. uh, No, he had an awful start. Well, and he He signed a contract. Uh, Lately, it seems like he's been doing well. You would think, you would think he's been doing well, you know. Why do you have his stats? Do you have his uh, blue and red charts? Uh, no, I do not. So I can't know how good he is. Good point. Uh, um, what was the next question? Uh, oh yes, I, I kind of want to add to it myself. Who do you think, honestly, is the uh, the best? What's the best off season trade they've made in the last few years? Oh, That's man. a very tough question to answer. That, I mean, that is a tough question. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like it's the least worst, or maybe just trades in general. Really, oh man, yeah, it's Bowman <laughs> trades are not Bowman's like speciality. <laughs> yeah, his picks and his signings are you know can be pretty solid, but yeah, man, man. Well, there's one. I don't know if it's the biggest trade, but that comes to mind. But uh, they got rid of Olimata. Yes, they retained salary, but then the player they got for Olimata, they got for Vinny Hinnestrosa. I think that's all right, asset management. But that's also a very low bar. Like, the fact I can't think of anything uh-huh. else. Like... Oh, man. You know, my favorite trade, though, long-term has been is Connor Murphy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you can even still go back to that trade, and you even could have argued that they could have held on to Jalmerson for maybe another year or so, but... Uh... Connor Murphy's been pretty damn underrated. Yeah. Now, and the one signing that I think was very, maybe his best uh, signing, and seemed like nothing at first. Well, I mean, you want to take a guess who it is? Slater Cuckoo? Or, no, no, no. That's another good trade, though. The fact that they got Slater Cuckoo for, like, Jan Ruda. Yeah. Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Uh, Brandon Hagel. Yeah, that's a good signing. And also the, uh, another trade, like the be- probably one of the best trades. I know it's not off season, but uh, Ryan Harmon for a first round pick, man, that's pretty good. Hey, you know what? Maybe he has made some good trades. No, don't forget he's off- made a couple. Not like like uh, fifth round pick like, for Not like a lopsided trade. I guess that one kind of is a lopsided trade, but not like you know he's made a couple good trades, but like they're few in between, like few far in between. Well, the Nashville ones lopsided. The Kings one is um believably lopsided Kubo yep. trade. That's something else. I mean, so yeah, no. Maybe we just need to turn his phone off in the offseason. Who knows? Kind of a little bit of Jim Benning. At least it's not a long-term contract we're talking about, but no. maybe someone needs to just kind of slide his phone under the couch a little bit. I, I wouldn't mind that. 
Uh, you know, Stan, you, you 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 don't need to make that call. You you don't need to make that call, buddy. Let's go get it. Let's yeah, let's not not trade a second for Andrew Shaw or whatever it was. Let's not a trade a Henry Okiari for Alex Nylander. Jan Mishik for Andrew Shaw is going to haunt the free freeze. Uh, yeah, that's tough. And he, speaking of which, he just signed up uh, his entry level contract today. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, I think that's, uh... Oh, yeah, we never answered the part of Wally's question. Also, who are your tough guys' top five oh, prospects? Oh, 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 that's tough. Um, Lucas Reichel, number one, probably. Because at this point, do you consider Kirby Dak and Adam Bukvist, like, prospects? Even guys like Nick Bodan and... No, I don't think so. Even, like, Philip Kershev, no. I wouldn't say they're prospects. So I would say Lucas Reichel, oh. um, White Kaiser. I don't know. I'm not going to go in particular order because I haven't really done my research, but, uh... I'm just going to list off some players that have been doing well. So, um, Lucas Reichel, obviously, is number one. I don't know the order after that, but Wyatt Kaiser. Um, Drew Camiso had a pretty good year at Boston University. Lennon Slager kind of surprised me with how well he was. And uh, I know technically this doesn't count, but like I think the next player that they draft is going to be in the top five prospects, whoever that may be. Probably. The thing I love about the Blackhawks system right now is you've got Guys like Kirby Dock and Ambo is playing full time minutes. Ian Mitchell and Nicholas Bodan are not really prospects much more in their No, I wouldn't Nicholas consider Nicholas Bodan great. Ian Mitchell is just, he's just gotta find his feet, you know, that's it's growing pains, young defensemen. Um but they have those solid pieces, those, you know, closer to top end pieces. I mean Kirby Dock and Ambo is absolutely. Um but I uh, you um you've got a lot of options. You have a lot of options. Jacob Slavin's even coming in and scoring a little bit in the uh, in Rock. Um, you know, uh, Slavin, not a J. Oh man, if only we had Jacob oh, Slavin. Oh God, sorry. You would be... I, I like I uh, I reversed myself. I'm like you okay. and your name, say. I know, man. There's something going on here. Uh, but yeah, no, Josiah Slavin's coming in. He's scoring a bit. Andre L.T. Barmakian is uh I'd say my uh, most underrated prospect. I forgot to mention that. Uh, aside from Kaiser, I'd say yeah, L.T. Barmakian. He's really impressed me. Um, no, it's been all, all right. Isaac Phillips, he was all right with uh, his brief uh, stint with Rockford. And he was like a fifth-round pick, too. Yeah, he's a late-round pick, and he's in his first, he's, he's D1, and he's already playing minutes in Rockford. And, you know, granted, that was by, you know, the by COVID's, uh, yeah. unfortunately, doing. Their, but, their uh, defense is, like, ravaged. I think Chad Chris is out. I just both said Chad Chris. Chad Chris, uh, Cody Franson are out, and I think, like, a bunch of players are names. Uh, and apparently, Alex Vlasic had a good year at Boston University. That's what I'm saying, man. I, I, it's there's a lot of options around. Landon Slager looks good. There's a lot of decent options there, and those guys can be those can be players that you can move with, uh, you know, picks or with roster players to get other guys. I mean, this is, you know, it's it's the more the merrier, right? You know, and that's when you're doing. Just give yourself a pull to get for like to get something from, even though if like even if like most of them don't turn out, and you get like a few of them, that's still pretty good. Yeah, um, my and that's why. And going back to the draft, that's why they got to acquire, acquire draft picks. Like even like it's a, you know, a lot of people aren't going to be looking for draft picks this year. Like use that to your advantage. Again, go scout Europe, go scout uh, whatever you can of North America, and uh, just throw darts at the board. See if one, yeah. throw an octopus at the wall. See if it sticks or not. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. As they all say, yeah, yeah. That is my uh, phone alarm. Nice. But um, uh, the last question, Jimmy, um, are you going to play Fortnite with your friend? <laughs> no, all right. You heard it here. You heard it here, folks. Um, oh, I eat, man. Shit, boys gotta eat. One more thing I want to add uh, before we end this podcast. Oh, top um, five prospects. I'm gonna rattle them off. Reichel, uh, Reichel, Kaiser, 
to me. So, um, screw it. That's all I'm giving you today. I got to go eat. I just want to say one more thing before I leave. So it's been three years since the uh, the tragic Humboldt uh, Broncos bus crash. And uh, I'm not going to say anything else about it, but besides the fact that our thoughts are with the players that are still recovering and with the families that unfortunately lost their close ones. And uh, just though we'll never forget them. They're always in our hearts. Yeah. Anyways, I think that was a good podcast. I think it's a good place to end it off. And uh, yeah. unfortunately, a trade did not break uh, during this podcast like it did last time. But uh, the trade deadline is only uh, six days away. Uh, again, we're going to have one more uh, podcast episode before the trade deadline. And then we have the live stream uh, podcast episode on Monday with, with uh, the two of us and our good pal Schmitty. I'm excited to have him on. And we're going we're gonna, to we're, uh, we're stream from like early in the morning till the trade deadline, I think, which is like 3. It's like 5 p.m. Eastern, I think. Or 3 p.m. Eastern. I can't remember. But uh, we'll, we'll stream that whole day, basically. Yeah. All right. going to be a blast. Yeah, it is. All right. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Hope you all are staying safe. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. Peace.